Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 15th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. What a what a Sunday. What a weekend of golf. That was that was fun. It was great to have it back. Great weekend. Great first event back. Everything kind of came together well. I don't know what you, you know, could have asked for. What more you could have asked for, quite honestly. I, I'll tell you what more. I Really regret that Jason Kokrak didn't win. I wanted to be talking about Jason Kokrak's big win this week. That was what I was hoping for. We were coming in. It was like, yeah, a lot, a lot of, you know, there were a lot of interesting characters in the mix. Kokrak, Bryson, Pat Reed was in the mix. All these like kind of players who have been rumored for or, or maybe not the most upstanding. You know, Bryson's had the slow play issues. Kokrak's, you know, Mr. CT, allegedly. Well, Mr. Yeah, CT Corey machine was in there too, and Xander. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a trifecta with the uh, CT machine away. The cats would they come have to brought play. that out? <laughs> would they have brought that out for the playoff? If they've got like a a Xander Kokrak Connors, I think you need to you make that a big show and demonstration on the tee. I think the CT operator was deemed non-essential, and, and we saw we saw what happens. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one uh but it was great it was a good good weekend great leaderboard i thought colonial showed well um I, you know coverage I, I can't really complain about that they're scrambling to make work what they can with what they got i disagree uh, that colonial showed well all right here's my point i thought the wind was real fun today yes. like windy that's what i meant uh it does sound like it was soft as a pillow yeah i just think it's a uh, it's a golf course that probably should. You know, I don't. I think it's disingenuous to be the broadcast to be calling it a Perry Maxwell design yep. in its current state. I think they've got a lot of the bones of the Perry Maxwell, but it's very far from what Mister Maxwell in, intended out there. And I think that they should uh, look long and hard at, at uh, potentially you know restoring some of their original character to their golf course because. It is. Uh, I don't want to talk about this now. We're doing this in CT machine. I like it off the top. <laughs> While we're on the subject of design, yeah, we got. We're getting rumors and tips about Grove Twenty Three. Oh, this is underwater. way off topic. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly it was built at the wrong level, or some holes were not built high enough, and it's underwater. Made, if not a total redo, significant reworking. Not not happy. I wonder if Michael Jordan, you know, much, much celebrated design by Golf Digest. Oh, it was I missed that? I wonder if Michael Jordan, you know, who you know gets pissed off at the slightest, you know, slight or or a mistake, you know, probably not going well for whoever's on the hook for that. Uh, anyways, back back on topic. Um, 
So Matt Fitzpatrick had a tweet that I found amusing in the middle of the round. He goes, these, these commentators who keep referring to this as uh, firming up, I'm not out there right now, but they'd have to be tried for six months for them to firm up out there. Uh, that's a guy who plays on you know both sides of the pond in all sorts of different conditions saying basically they were drenched. I mean, they but have that, to, though, to keep the greens alive. That gets to your point of mid-June and Texas. So I mean, it, it would be different if they had, like, you know, good examples like Trinity Forest in Dallas has that um, that Trinity that the whatever the the grass is drought resistant, and then they have okay. Bermuda greens, you know. Okay. And sure. So it's a golf course that is built, you know, designed with the idea of uh, of you know hot dry conditions yeah uh so anyways i just my point was the wind i thought it was fun to watch them play in the wind today yeah there were you know it just made it a little bit more of a challenge a little bit more it wasn't just all flag hunting and you know who who can shoot 62 to win i agree with that the wind was a great variable that uh that ejected one person that might have been a little bit of a pretender (sighs) on that leaderboard who's that Rory? Uh, no, a certain uh, a certain someone that uh, that has a little bit of a oh. issue with uh, commitment over shots. <laughs> Speed? Yeah. He wasn't. Oh, come on, come on. Yeah, it, it wasn't smooth, but he was battling. I I don't know that eject is is the right word there for speed. He finished T ten. He shot a seventy one. He went out in what thirty seven. So the, yeah. the speed truthers are gonna are gonna hold on to that T ten at at, <laughs> at a course that he barely had to hit driver at. Like it's I, the the uh, his you know his resurrection has begun. What did you think of that? I mean, he he did not continue to not look particularly comfortable over the ball Saturday or Sunday. I know he bombed in some putts and it's a top ten, but. It just looked different. You watch him, then you watch like I don't know Morikawa or Xander or even Bryson. You know, it was just it, it doesn't you're, seem you're comfortable. For his round four numbers, his scoring average, his uh, strokes gained. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's uh, negative one point five eight off the tee, sixty six. I think there was sixty eight players in the field off the tee. Okay, negative three point eight. 7-2 strokes gain T to green. So that's 62nd in the field Yep, of 68, I think. Negative uh, mm-hmm. 1.466 around the green. Negative 0.827 approaching the green. And he, was, uh, he picked up 2.3 shots putting, though, bombing in some putts. <laughs> so what would you guess he finished at this event last year? You remember how probably, that went? Probably like 8th or something. Yeah, T8. So he's worse this year when everybody's well, all hyped thing. up. This is a he goes golf. 65, 70, 68, 72 last year, and it was similar this year. What do you go, 65, 65? This golf course is tailor-made for him. Yeah. It puts a big emphasis on, on putting, and it, yeah. uh, it doesn't require you to hit many drivers. And today, his big mistake was the driver that he had out of bounds, you know, down the stretch. Yeah. Probably like one of the few holes down the stretch you have to hit driver on. Which we didn't see, by the way. I missed okay. that one. We, he, uh, he, he was dropped from the coverage at that point. <laughs> on the, uh, on do the you weekend, not like Spieth? Week, no, I don't. I just, I, it, it seems like this is like getting more and more 
personal for you. Like there's I vindication like when he love, doesn't would, play well. I would love for Spieth to be back, but like we have to remember what Spieth was. Yeah. What the major championship Spieth, like the the great yeah. the number one player in the world was a great tee to green player. I mean, he was a yeah. top 25, top 30 driver, top 15 approach player and a great yep. putter. And I think that all uh, everybody goes gaga whenever he shoots a good round. And it's like, well, if you look at the stats, it's there's still something wrong. And you look at the stats this weekend, he lost, you know, over the weekend, he lost stroke, uh, strokes uh, off the tee and he lost an approach you know and that it doesn't win golf tournament it doesn't matter how good you putt the, there was also this one moment from saturday i thought it was very instructive for him where he kind of walked up i walked up to the ball stood over stepped off then he talked about how like he didn't feel that when he's standing over the ball the wind felt different than what they were talking about with greller and then he did you, you see greller's face yes Greller was like, just hit the, oh my God, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I almost like filmed that for my phone. Like, just because I thought it was really uh, instructive. Greller's reaction. And then, you know, he gets back over the ball and he flares one out to the right. Made a, a, a remarkable bunker recovery shot. But it just, I thought it was indicative of how he's just not really comfortable. And that was well, like a wedge, I exactly, think. Like, that yeah. that one. And then on, uh, I can't remember, it was his 13 or 12. He had like 70 yards in and he, and he missed the green, made bogey. Yeah. And he had just like a little pitch shot in. And yeah. it's like, that's the difference. If, if that's Spieth, four years ago, Spieth, hits both those inside of 10 feet, walks away both those holes, probably plays them. He, he's got probably plays them in three and a half. He, you know, he's playing, making at least one birdie, probably two birdies on those two holes. And this, this now he goes out and one over on those two holes. And that's just the difference is that there's something that's just, he's just not comfortable over the ball. And this could be, you know, this is where on Friday I talked about how him stringing together four good rounds is so important, and we just haven't seen it yet. And especially on a golf course so fit for him, I just that's where my kind of I don't know hesitancy is from it. It's just all the hype I get. That's the thing I get tired of is all the hype, yeah. and I understand why. It's because he was so. He was so great for so long. I understand that, but there has to be a reality of like, hey, this isn't the same guy right now. Yeah, I would say one of the another thing that's well, the same guy that we saw when he was at this height. He does still seem uncomfortable over like the three to six footers too. We saw like several of the. I mean, I think he threw away like three or four shots doing you know missing four footers this week. So. And here's the uh, thing about Spieth. But he's always had that issue. He's always kind of had that issue. Go ahead. Spieth was always, it is like one of the few players I really feel that had transcendent appeal to masses mm -hmm. because he was so young and he was so good. Like, I remember my grandma who doesn't watch golf. She's like 95 years old. And she was, she, I remember like a few years ago, her being like, oh my God, Jordan Spieth is just my favorite. Yeah. Did he win? And it's yeah. like, and I thought to myself, I'm like, 
why does my grandma love George Spieth so much? But that's, I think, the thing is that he was a player that was transcending our typical superstar and had the opportunity. He had the opportunity, and he might have been becoming a bigger star than Rory. Oh, yeah. I think he was there in yeah. 2015. It was on his way. I mean, especially when he had that sort of slam-threatening year. I, I think for sure. Um, I So here's... I, I tweeted about this, and we've now talked about him before even mentioning Daniel Berger for a few minutes, but uh, I think I tweeted about this on Friday. I can't recall someone who's had to struggle through it under such a microscope, under such an intense microscope, non-Tiger. Of course, Tiger, like every shot he ever hits, even when his back was broken, was required some sort of you know larger meaning extrapolated from it. Spieth, I don't recall someone like this having to, whether it's a Friday at Colonial or a random event at Sony or things like that, random round of WDs from Sony. I think that happened this year. It's just like the microscope, almost the sort of shot-to-shot intensity of it, I, I don't recall with another player in the last, you know, this century, 20 years or so. Is that Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's because he got to that level. I think right. you could compare Rory with the wedges and the putting. You know, yeah. the putting with Rory was a big microscope when he was changing putters all the times and he was really struggling. I think that could be something that you could throw in that comparison, but I think yeah. you're right. I'm trying to think of other sports where people have had to deal with such an but it's not even microscope. Like- yeah, it's not even majors, and it's positive and negative. Like you said, we're taking way too much out of a round of 65 kind of thing. Like, it goes both ways where we just seem to be extrapolating so much out of, like, uh, small sort of samples that, I, I don't know, it's if it's hopeful, we want him back, or, or we're cautious because we want him back and we don't think he is back. I just don't recall someone having this because of the, these random events. They're, they're not the majors that we, that it's going, it's everywhere. So. I, I think an important, it, this is a good segue here is like, yeah. this is where I get frustrated is that the, the, how people go just absolutely bonkers when it's like, it's a one round. It's not a dictate like golf tournament golf is so, you have yeah. to play great for so 72 holes. And then when you see players coming back, when you see them starting to play great, you see their results. There's always consistency because the thing is he hadn't been in that. He hasn't been in that situation very much late on weekends. He's uncomfortable in there and there's a degree of comfort. You have to be comfortable in that situation. And this could be, we could look back on this weekend and say, Hey, that was the first time that he was really in the mix on Sunday in a really long time. And that helped him a lot and he didn't get it done. But if we see that next week where he's where he's in the mix again and, and he falls short again, then all of a sudden we can start to say, hey, you know what? This is more than just a blip on the radar. And the perfect example of that is Daniel Berger, who was yeah. lost out to sea. You know, yeah. he, he had the wrist injury. I mean, we talked about it on this podcast that he was on a the on a milk carton. Where's Daniel <laughs> Berger? Um, and, you know, coming into this, uh, you know, even with the layoff this year, we saw T9th at Waste Management. T fifth at Pebble Pro Am, T fourth at Honda. That is a player that's coming back. You know, I don't know if it was the layoff, but I totally forgot about all that. I didn't realize mm-hmm. he'd gone twenty four straight rounds before this week of par or better. I didn't even. I don't remember that at all happening. Um, and Berger, I think <laughs> he. 
he gives off a certain air of like a too cool for school, like Florida State bro type thing going on for sure with him. But uh, he he was very emotional in his interview. I saw one on Golf Channel and then at CBS afterwards, like his voice was cracking. He was on the edge of tears. Like he was somebody who's like gone through it. Like we're talking about with his speech. He, it, it, you know, the wrist injury was a part of that, but it sounds like he was absolutely busting his ass just to get back started this year. And then in the last 13 weeks, he's like, I don't know. I don't think I'd like to think no one in the world worked harder than I did in the last 13 weeks. And there's like a little bit less of like, you know, there, maybe there's less Instagrams on his boat and, you know, he doesn't post pictures of himself grinding, you know, and sweating on the range and stuff. Or working um, out. Yeah. So I, I just, for me, that was really enlightening, uh, uh, like human for a moment. Because Berger, I, I generally gives off a sense of like a too cool for school thing. And it, it's clear that this win was a moment of triumph for him. He said it was one of the best days of his life, just getting back. And I, I think that that's set in the context of really being off the map for a couple of years after a lot of hype early on, too. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I, I tweeted this and it's... There was a period of time I remember in 2016 I was doing like I did these top I did the top 25 Americans under 25. Yeah. And Speeth was clearly the number 1 at this point. And yeah. number 2 I just stared at forever and I had a I put them in different order like 20 times before I settled on JT2 Burger 3. And I yeah. couldn't figure out because those two guys were you look at them and you could easily make the case that Burger had had the better start to his career than JT. You know, Berger won the Rookie of the Year that the and you know he won yeah. that the FedEx event twice. Which I don't know is that a WGC? Does he have two WGCs? I don't think so. I don't think so. I loved Will Gray's reply on that question. He's <laughs> like, if you beat UCLA at the Rose Bowl, it doesn't mean you won the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I guess oh, so. What just slapping a WGC on it makes it that much better of a win? I guess so. The, uh, than the Saint whatever the old one was. So, but it's still TPC in a tech. And then remember sake. the President's Cup at uh, Liberty National. Yeah, I mean, he's everybody good. was nuts about Berger at that point. And then he yeah, has a wrist good. injury, which, you know, and he had, yeah. he had a top 10 at the Masters, I want to say in 2017 also, where he uh, actually kind of was in the mix. So it's kind of bonkers. All three of his wins came on this week, second week before what would be the U.S. Open. <laughs> this June, I think they said all three of his wins were like June 11th, 12th, and 14th. Those well, are his three wins. Other thing you you sent me you tried to I think you tried to provoke me to take provoke run, provoke Provo provoke that's embarrassing provoke me <laughs> to take a run at uh, at at Rory for comparing Colonial to TPC in attack. Yeah, he did, he, and, and the then he came the through. Yeah, and then I I was trying to stir the pot. I was trying to get you worked up there. Yeah, you were trying to get me to to poke poke at Rory. I think. Yeah, <laughs> and then Berger comes through and does this TPC Inatech thing and wins. I think uh, that's an accurate representation of what Colonial is now and how far have, straight yeah. from from Perry Maxwell is. Like Perry Maxwell would never design like uh, TPC Inatech. <laughs> you don't have the office buildings in the back. It's more of the classic Fort Worth neighborhood. But yeah, uh, okay. Anything else on Berger? I mean, does, what does it all mean? Does it mean he's back? Does it mean there's greater things to come in the future i don't know it's it's hard to say he's, he's he can be a world-class player i thought playing 18 when he needed a birdie was super macho impressive stuff the way he 
stuffed it, and then you know it wasn't tapping range. He still made the putt. So, so he got to 18th in the world. Yeah. After after 2017, after he finished second in in the Travelers. Um, okay. Uh, somebody, I tweeted something about about Berger and JT, and somebody actually replied with, "He put a bet in on." the PGA championship, which would have been 2017 at Quail Hollow. And he got JT and Berger at the same odds at 40 to one. Wow. So it gives you kind of a context of, of what this guy was at that point. He was 24, 25 at that point. Mm -hmm. And well, you know, established young star, I think where you, you, he's 27 now. And I think when you look at what happened to him, this is going to give him perspective. And like he talked about, in a way, it could make you hungrier when you have to go through something to get to where you want. Like, and I don't want to at all compare this to, you know, VJ Singh, but it, you, we saw like with VJ, he came up from less and that gave him, but like injuries also can have that a smaller effect on something where that person understands what the bottom is. And yeah. when they get back, they know what it took to get back from something and they don't want to lose it where I think that's something important where complacency can set in with some of these guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do a, uh, a quick shout out to our Bixby boys. Oh yeah. Coffee golf is nigh. It's returning. We're about a month out from the European, the English, what is it? The English series coffee golf returning. The coffee uh, pot. Now is the time to get your, your subscription for Bixby Shotgun Start Blend. We are testing. I tested the light roast out this weekend. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's it's roasted what and shipped like the same day usually. I usually, whatever the stamp is on it, this was roasted. is always like two or three days prior to when I get it. Like uh, that is a no bullshit you know, marketing thing. So it's it's much fresher than going to the grocery store. Whatever they got in the grocery store is just, you know, detritus that's been rotting on the shelves for six and eight months. Uh, this is fresh. You don't even have to get off your ass. It comes to your door in like two or three days. It helps support the podcast. A lot of people ask about that. How can we help support? What can we do? This is uh, proceeds of this come in our pocket. It's a way to support the podcast. Keep us running through the summer. Uh, and also hopefully get a good that you will like and consume. Reviews are generally good. I don't think anyone said it's shit coffee, right? Everybody says it's good. I got some rave reviews uh, even this weekend. I had a, I had a friend of the program text me. Yeah. That he'd strayed away from Bixby for a while, and he realized it just wow. nothing ever no, nothing cracked up, and he had to he had to get the subscription. Okay, good. So it's fifteen percent off if you subscribe to the Shotgun Start Blend. We're testing a light roast for some of the people who are out there who want a lighter roast. Uh, which I, I guess, is it true? Light roast has more caffeine than dark. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. People just assume dark, strong, more caffeine, but light actually has more pop in it. Uh, so that it's is way you- like the idea. If you lengthen courses and narrow fairways, <laughs> it gets better for the bombers. The darker the roast, the There's lighter the roast, the more caffeinated it is, even though everybody associates dark with strong. There's our golf analogy. All right, we will start. I think we're going to make some mugs. We'll see. But we won't really want to celebrate coffee golf with all you guys next month as it makes its triumphant return. And uh, it's a way to support the podcast. BixbyCoffee.com. Uh, Shotgun start blend. Please subscribe. Okay, let's move on. Burger, we liked. What else did you like from uh, the weekend at the Colonial? Uh, Morikawa? I, I, thought, I thought the coverage was really pretty good. 
Um, really? I, thought no I didn't know fa- we were going there. Well, I thought no fans really helped out um, with the audio stuff. I think they had, I think sometimes flan- fans are like a crux where they, they could be like, oh, the fans are Crutch. going crazy. Crutch, right? Yeah. I, I know, I know second, what you're saying. Second one. Crutch. That's fine. I, we, listen, here, here's, the, here's, here's the deal, guys. We just turn the mics on and start talking for three hours a week, one hour a day, three days a week. Uh, we don't edit ourselves. We don't do any editing on the back end, maybe slightly like sound mixing. Just and to we make don't, a, we're not. Make the levels good. I think it's clear we're not here to try to make ourselves sound like smarter or good. We're just here talking. So, crux. So, I thought that they got, they use the boom mics so much more than we ever get them in in a normal They got to. Just with the distancing stuff. They got to, right? We got so many more player caddy combos than I've ever remembered watching golf. And it was so much more engaging and you know you had you had Fowler like early on you had Fowler and uh, Joe Scavron uh, talking about uh, how the they thought the heat was back and the ball was flying but they didn't trust it it was like okay that like that's something that's like really insightful because like if you're playing it's hot you'll have you'll airmail one green you'll be like oh but that ball is flying today and all of a sudden you're hitting and everybody knows and it's just like that all that stuff was so good and even like Morikawa on 18 the caddy like that you see how how much affirmation how the caddies so much are there to be like yes that is right hit that like that I mean the caddy's job is just to get those guys ready to hit the shot yeah and and I think it brings such a layer to the golf coverage um so what do you think of the shot pretty good go ahead go ahead no, you what do you think of the shot of Berger s- staring down Morikawa on the 18th green as he put it to uh, you know if if it goes in there's no playoff. You think you think Morikawa saw that intimidation tactic? Is that a Tiger tactics with no fans? There's only so many bodies and silhouettes out there. Berger staring him down. When I think I about intimidation factor, <laughs> the most intimidating tour pros, Berger is yeah. number one. <laughs> I mean, he is a little bit cold, though. You know, he I don't know. I don't know that he's the friendliest guy to everybody. But I kind of like. That's one thing I do like about Burger is yeah. that he 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 doesn't seem like he's as buddy buddy as everybody else is out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I thought that was a good shot that the cameras picked up. I I didn't I didn't. I think it's hard to judge the coverage given the current environment. That's yeah. it. You know, the, these guys are in different places and uh, they don't have all their people there. And I, I don't know. I, were there what? shots missed? Uh, yes. Prob- yes, there were. There, I think they're at a tight spot, I guess, from, you know, having to pay off lots of sponsors who missed time in the last three months and squeeze to message all the BS the tour wants. And like, I, I think mean, they're probably there, not in a good spot. There were quite a few Schwab commercials that were probably yeah. Directly tied to not having hospitality. For sure, sure, right, right, right. So it's 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 hard to like bitch about it, you know, and, and uh, given the current situation, right? I I I, th- I thought there was some cool stuff with the audio, like you mentioned. Um, what do you think of no fans? So I thought at the end, you have you got one of your strongest, uh, strongest boost to this entire no fans platform when they talked about playoff holes and this isn't any great revelation we knew this understand this suspect this playoff holes are chosen based on fans where the fans are present and i think that is then 
also really, you know, impacting the competition. You might be choosing a lesser, crappier hole or one that's just more, uh, I don't know, rote golf, one that doesn't uh, kind of illuminate the, the best skills or they're the top skills based on whether there are fans present to see it or not. And that, I think, is a boost to your no fans platform. Another one. You know what hole just immediately popped into my head because you said that they were chosen based off fan position and I thought of maybe the worst playoff of all time. That the LPGA one, Volunteers of America thing in Texas, where they just kept hitting over and over, like parring the world to death or something. Yeah, was Wasn't it a bad par five? It was the worst par five I've ever seen in my life. In the Dallas area, somewhere yeah, around there, right? Colinas or not yes. Colinas, it's something. Colony or I, I don't. It was something like that. Yeah, of Volunteers of America. They it just had that stupid layup shot that everybody yeah. hit, and it was just basically turned it into a short part three. And it didn't matter where they hit their tee shot; everybody was still laying up, making fives for like an hour and a half. Nothing happening. And, uh, and one of the one of the ladies was just insanely slow. I can't remember who it was. I remember that. <laughs> but I think that's another boost. God, if it gives us better playoff holes, get them out of here. We don't need fans. Uh, what do you think of it? What about when Bryson shot on... on uh, I know. Was it I 17 or 16? 17. 17 tumbled over? I thought it was maybe still behind like the scoreboard or the I brand the brand po- you know boards. But uh, there was no drop or anything like that. And then he didn't chip it all that great. You know, he got... Uh, yeah. Not so, horrible, but so if there's if there's fans there, it's packed yeah. right there. It hits yeah. a fan. It stops right next to the green, and you see a, a ch- up and down that's kind of like a mix between Burger and Morikawa's, <laughs> where it's it's Burger's proximity off the green, but with yeah. bur- with Morikawa's amount of green to work with, he probably gets up and down. He makes or par, and he's it's in, in a grandstand, and he's. Drop it on the other side of the green side of the grandstand. I don't know. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. That is the one that Spieth hit it over. That's the same. I think that's it. That's actually what would have happened to Spieth that one year that he won. They chipped in. Oh, that was where he chipped in against yeah. Palmer? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a, not a... Overall, I thought it... It was... It was it took nothing away from the product, in my opinion, and not having fans there. I was watching Golf Channel here right before we got on. They showed Spieth's chipping at River Highlands against Burger, you know, yeah. to beat Burger. And they're like, well, that's an argument for fans. The fans made that atmosphere or helped make that atmosphere, which I kind of got that. Like, uh, Spieth running and jumping into Greller would be weird with no fans. But, uh, you know, that's a very rare one-off thing. I thought overall this week I, I didn't notice it too much. Did you? I didn't, and I, I, I guess I get that, but you know, everybody, in in a way, without fans, golf so much more relatable to the common person, and everybody yeah. has matches that come down to the 18th, and that's like the spirit, the spirit and cool thing about golf, and and they celebrate like if you make a 25 sure. footer to beat your buddy, you're still gonna go nuts on the green, just it like Spieth would still go nuts when he, yeah. and and you get that same effect. Whether, whether you have fans or not. Maybe it's amplified a little bit with fans, but I don't think there's anything that's really lost outside of revenue from not having fans. And <laughs> I think you could make the revenue up by having a better product week in, week out. There's a competitive element to it, too. Xander talked about this. Like it, It's probably harder. It's harder to judge what's going on around you, right? you got to see the board to have a sense of guys dropping shots or making birdies up ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... 
that that you know impacts the competitive uh, element of a tournament. Okay. Uh, anything else? What else did you like? Morikawa? Does he? F- what? I, Go ahead. I, that's that's going to be a, a, a. I love I love Morikawa being in the mix. I love watching him play golf. His, his iron, it's just so beautiful the way he hits yeah. irons. I mean, his distance control, and I think when everybody talks about how consistent he is, and like who's the most consistent golfer you've ever seen? Yeah, Tiger. Sorry, I was just reading something. Yeah, Tiger. Yeah. So yeah, Tiger's the most. Con- he was the greatest iron player ever. Morikawa is so incredibly consistent because he is a phenomenal iron player, and I I believe he is the best iron player since Tiger. He's only twenty three. You're saying that already? Yes, I believe that he is. I've just the the distance control, the trajectory control, and his ability to hit irons is just unbelievable and if you're a great iron player you're never going to have bad weeks like yeah. his bad his floor is so high who do you think has his a better career never gets flooded <laughs> who has a better career and by that let's say who wins more sunjay or morikawa Ooh, that's tough i um, think that's a good comp because sunjay plays all the time so i think the thing that i want to see with Morikawa is a second skill developed. You know, he's got a transcendent ability to hit irons, but as we saw down the stretch, the putter is a a big Is it a liability? Oh yeah. You think? Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a liability. He, he stood over that one forever. I mean it's not Xander proved is not an easy three or four footer, but he, he really there was he was over it enough for some serious doubt to creep in about where it was going. And I, and I think that's the thing that I take away is I, I hope that this doesn't have a lasting impact on him. Right. Because right. he had the putt on 18 was about as easy of a putt yeah. as you get to win that a tournament. That wasn't a good one either. Um, uh, but I think Sanjay, I think that's a good question. I, I used to always be like Morikawa Wolf Hovland because they came out together, so to speak. Uh, I think Sanjay is a good debate who, who I, might have the. Yeah, and I think like we just talked about with Berger and Thomas, like uh-huh. that's the thing with these guys, they're still so young. We don't know who's gonna be the one that takes the next step. Like I think Justin Thomas doesn't get enough credit for how much he improved all aspects of his game, like year over year over year, and turned that's, himself into the player he is. You know? That's a good point. Good and, point. And I think for all those guys, they all have incredible skills. I think Sung J M great ball striker t to green um so like you look at sung jay it's going to be about whether he can improve his short game and putting i think morikawa is the same boat i think really all of them are um i think matthew wolf is more about can he become a really good iron player you know because mm-hmm. he can drive the ball he's got the distance and he he's actually a very good putter you know but i think yeah. you know with hovland is in that same boat where what did uh cowan say about hovland's chipping Oh, uh, like on a scale of one to ten, it's a zero. Yeah. Like I've never seen anything. You know, he's 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 now like a one or a two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Pete Collins. So I think that's the thing. Is that we're we're in this era where you know these guys come up and they're they're next level ball strikers, but it's all about and Cameron Champ. You could throw him in the in the debate. Is like if Cameron Champ learns how to chip or hit yeah. irons well, he's right there too. You know, because yeah. of how much he gains off the tee. So yep. all those guys, it's about who fills the void because JT turned himself into a very good putter and a very yep. good iron player. 
that he necessarily wasn't right off the bat. Yep. Yep. Morikawa, though, man, gosh, he's getting himself in the mix a lot. You know, never missing cuts. It's a real, like you said, transcendent skill. Uh, go ahead. It's you easy say to get something? in the mix when you're playing every weekend. That's true. That's true. Uh, another thing I liked, Bryson, this was after our show Friday, uh, confirming he's drinking five to six protein shakes a day to keep his weight up. I was I was screaming laughing at this when I read it. I, I think it was Friday night. I you know, we don't need to get into the thick boy, but I, he stole the show again with his video, with his thickness, with his play, with his drives. Five that doesn't seem healthy. It doesn't seem sustainable. Someone asked us on Instagram, is that just like a euphemism for chocolate milk? I think he's just taking the chocolate milk and like supercharged it with all his protein power. It's the same sort of behavior. And now it's just, you know, with extra ingredients in it, you know? I thought, uh, Bryson, I was going to put in my things I liked this weekend. Yeah, I just, has I just to be. love love having him in there. I mean, he just, he, he it, was it, playing it, with Rory and making Rory look like he was a short hitter. Scott Fawcett tweeted a photo from the ground. Did you see that? No. They, uh, I guess Fawcett must have been on the ground and he was following that group and he, Rory and Bryson took the same line with driver Rory in the bunker uh, in a bunker and Bryson cleared it he was like some 40 to 50 yards ahead of Rory it's 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 there are like you know tangible gains not just gains with the Z on the, the frame uh, that are out there uh, you know on the leaderboard and the scoreboard and the stats so. The thing about it too is he did this on a golf course that neutralizes the driver. Yeah, allegedly. Like for this, well, no, it's for the same reason that George Spieth was able to contend. Right, right, right. It right. held Bryson back, and that's the thing is where the emphasis is not as much on driver here, and he still oh. overpowered it, and that is the thing that you know whether whether or not I've made more fun of Bryson. You know, but I have to respect that he has he seeks out trying to figure out how to do something better constantly. And it might we might have parts of his career where this behavior he self sabotages himself. Yeah. But in this case, I have to say I am unbelievably impressed that he has But improved. six protein shakes a day doesn't sound sustainable in any way. Is he going to be doing that for the rest of his life? How are his joints going to be able to handle this? He's, he, he's just going to be like this he's running around. Tub. Well, is that did he lose any touch? I mean, the, the shot in seventeen. He was talking about like I was still trying to understand the control of it. That was just a wedge off the face of the earth or a low iron way off, the, completely off the map. I, I don't know. That I, I worry about his health. I worry about his health. His heart health? Yeah, his health, heart health, his joint health. Like, I, I don't know that he can be... Where does it end? Where does it stop? Does he have to keep doing this to keep the weight on? I, I, well, that's I, the thing. I, like, what does his day look like before a round? Is he <laughs> lifting, like, two times? Like, he was saying he lifts three times a day. Like, what do you do during these weeks? He's going to lose some mass, right? Because yeah. Tiger always talks about that, how he loses yes. speed the more yeah. ti- more weeks he's out on tour. What yeah. I find funny is the more golf I play now, uh, the more yeah. speed I get because it's like my body's actually like, oh, I remember how to swing a golf club. But for those guys, 
with how tuned they are, they lose speed the more they play. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm impressed. I'm compelled. He's a compelling player. And one of the things that I find amazing about Bryson this week was how he was able to entertain and draw the captivation of people that are typically not associated with golf. No, that's what I'm saying. He owned it right from Thursday morning. He absolutely owned the tournament and brought people into the bucket. Screw braided, you know, chain smokers and, you know, Hootie, Darius Rucker and different things like that. They're celebrities or like you just need compelling characters. He brought people into the boat that aren't or under the tent that aren't typical golf fans because they were, what is this curiosity? Who is this thick boy? What is this all about? And, uh, and then he, you know, wails away. He does it with such a gesticulations in the swing to, you know, really emphasize that he's swinging, you know, as hard as he can. It's just, it's, uh, that's how you, and I've always said this with Reed. I mean, you hate him. You could, you could say he's done things that are untoward or unbecoming of the game. You can hate him. But, like, he is absolutely bringing more fascination it, from the outside of the typical golf fan, certainly with inside, too. But, like, the characters are what can bring other, new audiences and new, new curiosity. And I think so. Spieth has that, too. And that's what made yeah. part, of, part of what made this weekend so fun is we had all three of them Converge, yeah. and we had Rory in there until Sunday. That was a it was a quick yeah. quick ejection well, from Rory. But, let's uh, get to what we didn't like then. What, right. what, well, who one, flopped? What didn't you quick, like? One quick like back to our uh, top fifteen yeah. for a boy from Bratislava. BFB little sixty five. This is a spot he uh, he rakes it all the time. Do you think he's Ryder Cup eligible? Can we get an answer on that? This could be the this could be the year. I mean, he's already over in the states. He's from Europe. This could be the year he sneaks in. Ryder Cup spot. Harrington may have no choice but to take him. Uh, this yeah, didn't no, count no. for his points, though. I know. I know. Uh, so, yeah, that's another. Anything else you liked? That, uh, that's, you wanna, that's all uh, I got. Okay. What didn't you like? We talked about Rory. Uh, disappointing. I thought Rory JT really just not being factors at all on Sunday. That wasn't. I, I mean. What a Thomas shoot! He shot seventy-one like Spieth. Yeah, um, just was that it, it just didn't do anything, and sometimes that happens. I think that's that's the reality of tournament golf. You either some Sundays you don't have it, other Sundays you do, and but you know they were both in the mix. I think you know we could reboot the the Rory Sunday struggles now. God, <laughs> time time to, uh, to get back on that. You know, get see if we could get some uh, some articles written by some of the outlets that are looking for some content. Uh, Brooks was middling all week. Rory Rahm obviously fell out. Like uh, some of these guys at the very top, that's not necessarily, we're not taking anything out of it, larger out of it. But I was in 2020 here, Rory, T3, T5, fifth, fifth, no wins. Lots of, lots of contending. No wins. That's interesting. This is similar to last year. What did he go out in like forty or something? It wasn't it wasn't good. Do you think he was? Do you think Bryson intimidated him out of his game? <laughs> like I can't imagine Rory ever is used to players just bombing it past him. He could have thrown him for a loop. That that could be. I, that, I think Bryson probably irritates him in a way too. I'm sure just uh, the starting block before there's a ball even hit. He's you know this f this guy. I, I'm. Suppose presupposing this all, but 
Um, I. That's also, what happens, though. Is like if guys play with people that hit it further than them, there's a tendency for shorter hitters to overswing, and like yeah. really struggle, especially the first time they have that uh-huh. that sensation. That could be a real thing that happened on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Also, just to clear up other, also you know the rumblings and allegations. Uh, of Bryson being on the juice, he's in the comments on Instagram saying he'd be three times larger. <laughs> three times is that? Am I quoting him right there? I think he said three times larger if he was on the juice. I welcome Bryson. I want him on the juice. Get bring it on. I want to see three times bigger. <laughs> uh, okay, so that Rory and, and JT were underwhelming Sunday fades. What what else didn't you like? Any, All right. Anything? All right. I'm going to, you know, this is uh this is just a condom condemnation. I see I'm doing it again third Careful. time. Condemnation. Uh, yeah. Of of uh of Sir Nick and, and oh. what he brings to the telecast here on Saturday. This uh, is I mean this is saying water is wet. We on, we on know Saturday, this. On Saturday about Kalam Arakawa. I don't know much about him. Oh. This is really? what he said on Saturday. Colin Morikawa, I don't know much about him. When when Ugh. Nance teed him up to talk about Morikawa's game, I don't know much about him. And that's literally what your job is. You're an analyst. I know. He doesn't. He, he's got the prime spot, you know? Your he job- does two of the majors. He does the Masters. He works the Open with his, you know, Golf Channel ties. He's like on all four days between splitting the two networks. He has like the number one spot. And at this I, point, I understand like a month into Morikawa's career. Yeah. That's that's acceptable. Okay. Right. You don't know much about him. But this would yep. be like an NBA writer saying, you know what? I don't know much about uh, Trey or Young. Or Van Gundy. I don't know Jeff much Van about Gundy. Trey Young. He's a second yeah. year player. I, I don't know much about him. It's this guy is a, a budding superstar. Yeah. And yeah. He, he plays every weekend. Every time he plays, it's not like he's not there. <laughs> right. he's a, he, right. You know, like this is it's right. just a joke. It's it's indefensible. And it and it goes back to what I what I saw Sir Nick out at uh at Trinity Forest the first day, first day, the first year it was there. And, what was uh, happening there? You saw him while you were pounding the pounding the pavement, or you were around, out walking? Okay. And uh, Sir Nick was was out scouting the course, and what it was was like it was before you know before the tournament. It was like Wednesday. He's in a cart. He'd drive down the cart path. He'd get out, look at different shots, get back in his cart, and drive drive to the next shot. <laughs> and that was his scouting the course. And it's just you know. I don't know if it's if it's being comfortable in the position, being comfortable in the role where he doesn't have to worry about he doesn't, you know, the job security is there that no matter yeah. what he does, as long as he yeah. doesn't do something really stupid, he's going to have this job. But yeah. it's just it's sad that golf viewers don't get somebody that gives insight when he gets teed up perfectly to talk about oh, Kyle Morikawa like. There's so many things you could talk about. How many times he's all American at Cal? How he didn't finish worse than sixth as a senior, in in a yeah. tournament, you know, and he yeah. came out gangbusters, and you know. But that's, I guess, you I, don't have to do the work when you get to the top, is what the, it shows. 
<laughs> I remember one year watching IBF at the Masters on 17, just like go and roll balls from like every spot on the green. And that, that's a more contained universe if you're calling just one hole. And IBF, you know, people give him shit for, you couldn't say a negative word about anybody. You know, he's, he's po- you know, positive about everything. But I don't know. That made an impression on me that he, you know, actually is out there trying to figure out every on a hole that he probably already knows like the back of his hand, but you know, testing the conditions that day. So different than Sir Nick riding around in his car, I suppose. Uh, anything else you didn't like bother you? No car. Where the hell's the car? They're not doing it this, this year. What is this? You can't call yourself a challenge and then not give out a challenger when it's all said and done. Burger, you know, would be riding that thing around jupe. You know, I, South Florida for the next year. I guarantee he would have used that car. I think they got spooked by not giving it to the caddy. That was bad press. Or maybe Why? it was that Chuck himself couldn't be there to give the the keys. Chuck Schwab talked yeah. to Chuck. Yeah, uh, that, that I didn't was, like that. that. No car. Two minutes. I missed that. To be honest with you, checked out. I know they, they what, have you, to have CEO it. interview by Skype or something. Yeah, having it via Zoom. Zoom, whatever. It just was a real deflator. And then they showed one shot. You know, I thought thought they were going to kick it right to commercial. They showed one shot, then kicked it to commercial. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, God, that was was just a waste of 10 minutes of my life between the two commercial breaks. (laughs) Um, What else didn't you like? Anything? Um, We hit all the... I think that's it. I, I okay. I had a okay. great time watching watching golf. It was great. What do you, uh, you think? Anything for you? It was good. I mean, it was fantastic way to come back. A great leaderboard, great venue. I thought the conditions were fun to watch Sunday. Um, Bryson just adds so much more amusement to it. I'm, I'm serious. Even if you hate him, he bothers you. It, there's a level of amusement he's added to this week uh, that I won't forget. Um, should we do? Is Go he ahead. playing next week? I think so. I think so. That's going to be fun to watch at Harbortown. It's going to be a good one. Oh. He could get himself into some terrible places <laughs> out there. But he's played um, well there. He had, a, he, I think, yeah. he finished fourth his first year as a pro there. That was first week as a pro. Yeah, first start. I think after the Masters, he turned pro. That was when um, your uh, your boy uh, boy Brandon Grace won. That's right. I have that's the right. yips with Brandon and Brandon Grace. Oh, that I have, pissed me off. It's a, uh, it's, that's an issue for me, actually. Uh, Every time I have to Google it. KFT tour, real quick. Luke List wins the K, the other challenge on Challenge Week. Corn Ferry challenge. It's Di- Diabolical Valley. He beat uh, Joe Bramlett by a shot and someone named Shad Tootin. Shad Tootin. I'm not familiar with Mr. Tootin's work. Shad. That's a good name. S H A D. Um, it's kind of like Chad. Chad, silent eh? eh I don't. I don't know where. That, yeah. I don't know what that's short a, for. I think if you you could say you know just like Chez, sh- yeah. shot, <laughs> shot. Uh, so Luke List beats them by a shot. Clips them by a shot at, at uh, the Corn Ferry Challenge. Luke List is like a premier, like a primo, legit PGA Tour player, winning on the Corn Ferry Tour, right? Yes, and the guy's done work at, at all levels. He's he's probably one of the best players on tour that hasn't won on tour. Yeah, contenders like lots than of a close few. calls. Um, yeah. Hits it a mile, and I I mean he's he's a bona fide pro playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, and I think this is an important point. This is a this is actually a pet peeve of mine. What's that? 
is that as much as I love mini tours, talking uh-huh. about how a guy's raking on mini tours, yeah. and like if you put a PGA tour player on mini tours or in a corn ferry, like a, Luke List is a bona fide PGA tour player. He is a, yep. you know, but he's 70 to 100, you know, guy. Right. He is so much right. better than, you know, the majority of the corn ferry tour. One could argue he should have been in the field. Yes. But, you know, we we went over this. I posted this on Instagram, but we haven't done it since, you know, our Thursday night show. Oh, that was something uh, I didn't like, actually. What? All those guys missed the cut. Clearwater. Frost tied for DFL, 15 over. Olin Brown, three shots better, 12 over. Uh, Mr. 300 missed cut. John Senden missed the cut. Uh, they uh, Tom Lehman, Mr. Dockers, Tommy Dockers, bombed that back out over the cut line after shooting 64, 65. Uh, Scott McCarron, Bernhard Longer could not anchor their way to the right side of the cut line. Uh, so everybody missed the cut. That was uh, Chad Campbell. I think he was a sponsor's invite. Frank Corpening, your guy, Franklin. Um, he missed the cut. I don't think a single one of them on, on an exemption missed the cut. Oh, had the, an exemption. He missed the cut. But, he missed I mean, the cut. But I, I don't mind USAM champ getting an exemption. Yeah. So all those the past champions not only missed the cut, but they were near the bottom, which is whatever. So uh, just, Luke- just talking about Luke List, the, you know, it's illuminating. And, and like, here's the other thing. Luke List plays this week on on in Colonial. Say he plays like the way he played here, he probably finishes top ten. And, Get some FedEx Cup points yeah, too. Exactly. So it's in, in something to clarify. Everybody's been like, oh, they aren't taking a spot. The past champions, they aren't taking a spot. They're add-ons. If they withdraw, nobody's getting it. It's it, they're playing in the tournament for seven million dollars. They're taking a spot. The they point are is, they are in the tournament. Are, are they in the field or are they not? not? Yes, yes. Okay. It doesn't matter the semantic like label you put on the back end after. Like they're in the field. They are taking up like, a spot. They are in the field. <laughs> if they weren't there, you could theoretically put somebody else there. Now, yep. whether they put somebody else, that's that's a different story. But they are in the field, so they are thus taking a spot. Yep. Yep. Okay. Anything else? It's good to be back. Good to be back with you oh, guys. I want to talk about Corn Ferry Tour a little bit. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I loved the field in this, and I felt like this is what we've been missing in opposite field events. Instead of the field getting filled out with oh, J. Don Blake and Keith Clear, aforementioned Keith Clearwater and uh, Neil Lancaster, we have a real tournament between. And you look down this field, and it's just filled with. Former All Americans: Lee Hodges, Will Zalatoris, Nick Hardy, Theo Humphrey. All these guys are like th- two, three years out of college and bona fide up and coming players. And you know, Christopher, my boy, Ventura, Davis, Ry- yeah, you know? Davis then, Riley. There's yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah. And then you got mixed in there, tour players and right. you know, Skinny Vinny India. And that's a good point. Good finish. That is a good point. This week, the, Holly Saunders' kids in there. <laughs> Uh no that that's a good point that this is like what you'd like to see out of a oppo opposite field event anything else on corn ferry that's that's all I got are they playing next week are they I think back? they are I, I think they're playing they are. at the same same course again I thought so too uh yeah okay oh the king and the bear classic at the world golf village ah. Uh. <laughs> 
I wish there was TV so we just see the, <laughs> the commercial over and over again. I think that's gone. I noticed that wasn't anywhere to be found this week. They got, you know, real commercials on PGA Tour Live. So, okay. Uh, thank you guys. Everyone, it was great to have golf back. It's great to uh, hopefully, you know, enjoy it with you guys on Twitter. Enjoy it with you guys here. Um, this week would have been U.S. Open week. This this week last year, we were just getting into the Bixby house in Monterey. Yeah. Uh, we made bummer. May do a thing or two at the USGA this week to celebrate what would have been U.S. Open week coming, I don't know, later this week. Uh, but thanks again for listening. End of last week. Thanks again for continuing to support the pod. Golf is back. We've got great fields, great events, and uh, we're pretty pumped about it. So we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>